Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hi, this is Ibby Owens, and you're listening to the award-winning podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. I'm also the host of Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight, and I'm the editor of the anthology, which you should run out and buy, called Moms Don't Have Time To, a quarantine anthology. All proceeds of that book go to COVID-19 vaccine research. And I'm the editor-in-chief of Moms Don't Have Time To Write, a new publication on Medium. And we're accepting submissions, so please send your personal essays there. And if all that isn't enough, you can follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens, and my website is ZibbyOwens.com. Okay, now back to this amazing podcast. Special announcement. I am teaming up with Katie Couric Media's Wake Up Call and Random House to give away 100 copies of the book Stranger Care by Sarah Santillis. I'm really excited about this. Here's a little about Sarah's book, and we collectively are giving away 100 copies. After their decision not to have a biological child, Sarah Santillis and her husband, Eric, decide to adopt via the foster care system. Despite knowing that the system's goal is the child's reunification with the birth family, Sarah opens their home to a flurry of social workers who question them, evaluate them, and ultimately prepare them to welcome a child into their lives, even if it means most likely having to give the child back. Stranger Care is an illuminating read, and Sarah will be on this podcast soon. So, If you would like to enter for a chance to win, please go to the link in the episode description from right where you clicked on it and enter your email address, first and last name. By doing so, you're agreeing to the sweepstakes official rules and agree to receive communications and special offers from Katie Couric's wake-up call and moms don't have time to read books. Thank you for doing it and enter to win today. Just go back to the episode description. Thanks again. I did an Instagram live with Brina Clark who is the co-editor of Chicken Soup for the Soul. I'm speaking now. Black women share their truth in 101 stories of love, courage, and hope. The other editor is Amy Newmark, who is the publisher of the whole company and who I also had on for her other book, Making Me Time, which came out the same day that my old anthology came out, Moms Don't Have Time to, a quarantine anthology. Anyway, Brina is also the author of three novels, and the most recently published was Angels Make Their Hope Here, which was set in an imagined mixed-race community in 19th century New Jersey. 
Her debut novel, River Cross My Heart, was an October 1999 Oprah Book Club selection, and it was named by Publishers Weekly as one of the seven essential books about Washington, D.C. She is co-founder of the Hobart Festival of Women Writers and is on the fiction faculty of Stone Coast MFA in creative writing at the University of Southern Maine since 2013. I hope you enjoy our conversation, which was originally an Instagram live, and you can go on Instagram to at Zibby Owens and watch it if you're interested in the visual. Thanks. Yay, there we go. Yeah, at, at last. So, How are you? Hi. How are you doing, Zibby? I'm pretty good. good. How are Struggling. you doing? <laughs> I'm sorry. It's so not intuitive, this process, but thank you for sticking with it. That's okay. I really appreciate it. But the good news is I had time to read your bio. I read an excerpt. I chatted oh, on, <laughs> you know, into the wilderness about the weather. So, you know. <laughs> oh, 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 I'm sorry. I left you hanging there. <laughs> no, no, no. It's quite all right. It's quite all right. Well, congratulations on this collection, which you, you co-edited with Amy Newmark. Tell listeners a little bit more about how you got involved with this project and all the great things about it. Okay. Well, it's been an exciting project for me. I am primarily a fiction writer, but Amy Newmark reached out to me after my name had been given to her through a friend. And when she told me about this project, I got really excited and said, yeah, let's do it. Let's go. She, the chicken soup for the soul is not, may not have been on the first (laughs) blush, a connection for me because I am a fiction writer. But when I heard about the project and I realized their reach, I said, well, this is a good opportunity to provide a platform for large number of Black women to speak about their own experiences specifically. There's a lot of universal wisdom in this book. Women are talking about their lives in every stage. We've got younger women, middle-aged women. We have mature women as well. So there is that universal experience. But there's a lot of specificity that people talk about the unique experiences of Black women in this country. And we reach women in Canada as well as in the Caribbean. So we're really talking about Black women's experiences on this continent. And I think that's very important as well. We've got women from all parts of the country, from the South, from the Northeast, certainly from California as well. So that's one of the things that's exciting about it too. It's exciting. So what are some of the themes that you found in most of these stories? Obviously, yes, there are lots about womenhood in general. You have things about, you know, talking to moms during sporting events and all sorts of of stuff. But what are some of the things? The universal themes that women deal with, certainly. We have a section on hair. And that's a universal theme, of course, but it has specificity for the Black woman's experience. So I think that those stories are unique. We have stories about raising our children. And the stories are typical of raising children all over by anyone. But they, again, there is the specificity of our experience and what it is like to worry about the safety of your children, to worry about their emotional health. Also, when they go into school, when they go and interact with 
institutions in our culture. So there's a lot of, there's that theme. We talk about loving each other, loving men and others. We talk about the effects that the incarceration system has on our families and on ourselves as individuals. And there are stories about ancestors and ancestral traditions. So that's also important. And we've got stories about some of the genealogical research that individuals have done to discover their own personal identity. Amazing. How did you collect? Were you involved in collecting or choosing which essays made it into the book? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. We received about 2,000 submissions. Wow. So we had to cull them down. And we did it We did it quickly. We didn't do it fast, but we did do it quickly because we wanted to get these stories compiled and have them before the public quickly, because I think now is a time when people are interested to hear these specific stories. And as we've said, they are personal narratives. So each one of them is centers the writer's voice and she speaks with clarity. So that really was the criteria for choosing them, the clarity of the narrative voice. And as I said, we got about 2000 and we had to cull them down to this 101 stories. And as I say, we got a lot of submissions. We got a lot of poetry. So in order to be able to use the poems as well, we decided to choose 12 of them to go with our sections. So that adds another layer that's exciting. And I also mentioned that each story is accompanied by a quote from a Black woman. Some of them are historical figures, some are contemporary figures, some are little known, and others are very, very well known. So I think that that's a treat also for the reader. I read a few as I was waiting for you earlier, but there are Mm -hmm. a few more like Toni Morrison, I get angry about things, then go on and work. Let's see, is Solace anywhere more comforting than in the arms of sisters, Alice Walker? Oprah, surround yourself only with people who are going to take you higher. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And Amanda Gorman, The Hill We Climb, for there is always light if only we're brave enough to see it, if only we're brave enough to be it. Yes, yes, yes. Very well, very, very well. (laughs) So, Um, you know, it's the type of book that you can have at your bedside or wherever else, you know, next to your chair. You don't necessarily want to pick it up and read it from cover to cover. You want to go back and look. And the stories are short. As we said, it's a hundred and, well, it's a hundred and one. So, and they're short. So that's perfect. You get a little glimpse of each woman's life. I also mentioned that the section that we have at the back, which is the section of contributors' bios, I like that too. Yeah. I like that specifically because it shows you that the Black women who've contributed to this volume come from all kinds of backgrounds. They come from very wide backgrounds. They've accomplished a lot in their time. And so I think that that too is a very interesting section of the book. I also like, like to collect anthologies. I even have mm-hmm. this one. 
on the shelf behind me, but this is my first one. It's oh, yes, 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 yes. Moms don't have time to, and I have another one coming out in November. So anyway, I'm Wonderful. all about, you know, moms not having that much time. And I love this format. I've always loved essays so much. And I feel like it's like a, you know, like someone throwing a dart, right? It gets the message in quickly and effectively. And like some of these essays, they just lodge... I mean, confronting my rapist. You can't like read this for two minutes and not feel, yes. you know, completely and moved by it. Yes. So anyway, I think it's this form is particularly, what's a good word for it? Direct, I guess. So Yes. And I think that that's one of the strengths of the Chicken Soup series, that these essays are presented as direct statements of individual lives. And there's a lot to appreciate about them. And they're not just for other Black women to read, though they are especially. I always say that they have universal truths, but they also have the specific truths of the Black experience as well. So there's a lot to appreciate in the volume. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes we all have stuff we need to get off our chests. Even if we don't think it's interfering with our daily life, there are some things you just haven't processed, be it grief or trauma, eating disorders, anything. It might be time to work on those things, and I have a solution for you. Therapy. Online therapy by BetterHelp. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. I took the brief questionnaire online where there were, I don't know, 20 questions. It didn't take long at all, maybe three minutes. And then I got matched with a therapist who could help me work on whatever. I picked trauma because even though it happened in 2001, I am somehow still not over the loss of my friend on 9-11, and it is what it is. BetterHelp is going to help, and I am so excited, especially because with my special code, instead of $80 a month, it is 10% off, $72 a month, which is so much less than traditional therapy, and you'll get a perfect therapist for you. There are 35,000 therapists to choose from, so you'll find the right one. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Moms Don't Have Time today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Moms Don't Have Time. Well, I think your next Chicken Soup for the Soul book should be about dogs because I saw your Instagram account <laughs> was overtaken by your puppy pictures of Dinah or Dynamite or whatever, uh, who is so adorable. And I am equally obsessed with my black lab Naya, who is usually oh. right under my desk. So yeah, I feel like we need, if they don't have one, 
you should take the lead on that project. Well, they have done a dog book in the past. I don't know what the plans are for the future. I, I'm really, I'm right there with you. Though, yeah, you got to throw I'm your hat like, in the ring for that one. Yes, you know, because you don't have enough to do, but you know. <laughs> definitely. But I'm also, dogs do also figure as characters in some of my fiction. And I'm working on a manuscript now that has some canine characters. So, oh, great. <laughs> yes, I know I have, to, um, I have to go back now and read your fiction, particularly <laughs> your Oprah's book club book. And I know it was all about a lot about grief and loss. And I know you've had mm-hmm. some truly, you know, terrible loss. And I'm so sorry to hear about mm-hmm. you're losing your child when mm-hmm. he was five. And I'm so sorry, but I guess it sounds to me like you've thrown a lot of that emotion into your novel writing. Is that... Is that true or how has it been helpful well, to you? Well, it, ha- it has. My son's death was kind of a turning point for me. So it was an impetus to complete work that I had always wanted to do in fiction. So it was a very important turning point for me in recovering from that grief. So, and you know, I sort of modeled it. I read that Mark Twain had done a similar thing after the death of his daughter. And then I've come to find out that a lot of writers have done this as well, just sort of pouring out their thoughts and feelings. And I did that. And I don't actually write about my son, but I try to take the feelings into the fiction. I mean, the, some of these feelings are just so universal. Once you get it out, you end up helping so many other people. And I literally just before you got off this podcast with this other woman, uh, Diana Cooperschmidt, about Emma's laugh about losing her daughter. So I know, but you should read it. It's so beautiful. It's a memoir, very different. Oh, anyway, I should introduce you guys. Not that you need, you know, friends, but anyway, it's uh, right. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I know what you mean because it's a peculiar category the parent whose child has died. There isn't really a word for you because I guess it's just so disturbing. You know, a widower, a widower. You're none of those things. You're something else. You're in another category. So it's hard to continue to uh, explore those things that are so rich and wonderful about motherhood in the face of this loss. But that's really the kind of thing you have to do. I think you should coin a term for it, you know, Another thing you can do in your spare time. Yeah, but, um, it, it needs a word. It, it needs, needs a word. A word. Mm-hmm. But there are so many people who have, are in this category, unfortunately. So I feel like talking about it, I think some people are afraid to talk about it. But of course, once you lose someone, you never stop thinking about them. So it's not like someone bringing it up is going to make it feel sadder, right? You're already, yeah. You already have the sadness. Right. That's it. That's it. Exactly. That's it. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and on a totally lighter topic, I hear that you've mm-hmm. taken up swimming and you're like obsessed with swimming. Is that true? Or did, is that an old thing? Or I don't know. I read that somewhere. Well, yeah, it's an old and a contemporary thing. I come to swimming again because my mother was a she was, as a young person, a very outstanding swimmer. But growing up, I didn't learn to swim. And also my son was a good swimmer. 
And I didn't learn to swim until I was, I think, 49. So I was like older. And I am proof that there is no age limit on learning anything, but swimming, certainly. And I've learned <laughs> to swim and I swim pretty well. And I belong with an aqua aerobics group. And we, we meet. Now, our problem has been during the pandemic, the hours at our swimming pool facility have changed. And so I haven't been in such a long time. But it's one of the things I have to get back to. It's, you know, wonderful. So, Well, another book recommendation for you after you read Emma's Laugh. <laughs> Bonnie Tsui wrote a beautiful book called Why We Swim, which is all about sort of the scientific benefits we get from swimming. And uh-huh. Kat talks about famous swimmers and what they've gotten out of it. And that's another really beautiful book. So, you know. And it's called Why We Swim? It's called Why We Swim. Okay. All right. I'll check it out. Yeah. I I don't know why I keep recommending books to you. Maybe I should ask you, what what are you reading now? What do you like to read? Well, I read a lot of different things and I do read a fair amount of books that are about some of the nonfiction books that I read are on topics that I'm working with, with my students at the Stone Coast MFA. And one of the books that I'm reading, it's called Afro dog, please. And I'm sorry, I'm going to fumble on the author's name. That's okay. But it's a book that examines ways in which dogs have been used in law enforcement and to oppress enslaved people as well. So it's a book that examines ways in which dogs have been used specifically in this fashion and, you know, examine some of that uneasy relationship. And I'm kind of doing that sort of thing in my fiction. So I was very interested to read that book. And there's another book, it's called, it's kind of a hybrid book. Where is it? Oh, okay, here it is. It's called Black Futures. It's a great book. And the reason I say it's a hybrid book is because It includes texts and all kinds of various ways of text to talk about Blackness in our culture. So it includes photographs. It's a big, huge book. It's it's great. Oh, good. Well, if you need even more book recommendations about dogs, (laughs) I have an article coming out tomorrow in the Washington Post online, and it'll be in the paper next week with books about dogs. So maybe I'll forward it to you when it comes out. Oh, please, please, please do. That's my subject. Yeah, Yeah, please do. (laughs) So, Brina, what advice would you have for aspiring authors? Well, Zibby, you know, I always get this question. And I guess I always, no, no, no. But I always answer it the same way. I always say the same thing. I give what I call the Nike advice. And that is just do it. People will ask you, they say, well, Brita, I have this novel. I wonder, what do I do? So sit down and write it. No one can do it but you. So there you go. And it's a personal process, whether it's fiction or nonfiction. You've got to put the words down. Whatever your medium is, you just simply have to do it. And a lot of times people will spend great hours and days discussing something that really they just have to put themselves in the chair and do it. So that's my advice, which is really, you know, sort of puts the onus on the individual. But you have to, you have to pick it up. You have to pick up the stick and 
go with it. <laughs> Nobody else can. They can't do it for you. you I realized my biggest procrastination from writing is writing book proposals. I like, I've written so many book proposals. <laughs> if I had only just written those books, you know, yeah. <laughs> but instead I have a whole book probably of book proposals. So anyway, but luckily we have this book here, Chicken yes. Soup for the Soul. Yes, we do. Now co-edited by Brina Clark and Amy Newmark. So everybody go pick this one up and thank you so much for taking the time with me today. Oh, and thank you Zibby for having me. All right. Have fun. Have a great time with your doggies. Okay. Bye. Bye. Okay. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of moms don't have time to read books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.